you have the word of the Lord with you today, if you turn to Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to read verses 1 through 10. I don't know if I'm going to get through all, all of them, but we'll just see how far we can get this morning. Apostle Paul writes to the church at Ephesus, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it, but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same that also, is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things. You know, we're really so grateful for the words that the, the Apostle Paul has written here. And you know, as we looked at it, we know that, you know, chapters 1 through 3 were doctrinal. And chapters 4 through 6 is practical. Practical. So now we've, we've looked at kind of, not really theory, but you know what I mean? Kind of the, the, the theory part of it. Now we're looking into, or the doctrinal, now we're going to learn how to apply those doctrinal things and the things he wrote here into our lives and how we should be. Remember, we were just talking, we said, you know, we haven't put on this earth to praise the Lord. And that's what we need to do. We need to praise him each and every day for his goodness. Praise him for everything that he does for us and has done for us. You know, when we look at it, we see, you know, look back through our lives and see how good he has been to each and every one of us. You know, evidently he's been very, very good unto us because we are what? What, Gary? We're all here in the land of living, aren't we? So he's been good unto us. So we look at this. So the Apostle Paul, he writes on, he says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. There's a lot in verse 1 here. You know, he's, Paul, he starts out, he says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, or the prisoner in the Lord. The prisoner. So if we look at this, and in our lives, you know what? We look at it, and basically, you know, you, you think of a prisoner, you think he's done something wrong, right, Brother Roger? Paul hadn't done anything wrong as far as... Uh, going against the word of the Lord or anything like that, or doing anything deceitful or anything. But, you know, the Apostle Paul is saying that I'm the, the, the prisoner of the Lord. You know, he's been captured. He's been captured by the Lord. And when we look at that, and it's the same thing as we look at ourselves that, you know, we are the prisoner of the Lord. We have been what? We have been captured by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And as Paul gave everything over to the Lord, when we look and we see Paul's life, he was captured. He gave everything over to the Lord, didn't he? He gave his heart. He gave his mind, his body, 
and his soul and everything to the Lord. Because if he hadn't have done that, the things that he went through, you know, the imprisonments, the beatings that he went through, being left dead and everything, a normal man would have what, brother Leroy? He would have given up. He would have said, you know this, but you know what? Because the Apostle Paul had given everything up to the Lord, he wasn't worried about it because he knew that if God be for us, who can be against us? He did spare not his own son, but gave us all. How shall he not with him freely give us all things? Because we are his. He's captured us. We're part of his. And us in our lives today, if you're a child of God, you got to realize we've given it up to him. We've given up our heart, our heart to him. That's the first thing we have to give up to him, our heart. And when we do that, we give what? Our mind, our body, and our, our soul. We give it up to him. And you know what? We gotta, we gotta realize that he looks on the inward man. He looks to see what's inside of us. You can't just sit there and say, yeah, I give it all up to you, God. There's a lot of people that do that. There's a lot of religions that say that, but do they truly mean it? That's why God looks on the inside and he sees, have you really given it up to him? Are you really doing all to the glory of God? What is the, the scripture says, whatsoever you do in word or deed, what does it say? Do all to the glory of God. That's what we got to do. We're his prisoner. We're his prisoner. And when we look at that, we look at this and he says, you know, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you. That means he's, he's imploring you. It's, you've heard me say that, Brother Leroy, I like the King James Version of the Bible because it's very descriptive. I mean, if you would look at this in some of the other words, they wouldn't put that word beseech. Beseech is, is more than just asking you. It's going beyond that. He's really, he's imploring you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. Now, we know that in the scriptures, there's a general call of the scriptures. That's not what this call is here. A general call of the scriptures. The vocation wherewith ye are called. This is calling, this is talking about an effectual calling that works on the inward man, works on the heart of men. And the vocation, when we look at it, if we have been called, wherewith you have been called, the vocation that we're called to do is what? To be, be a Christian. That means we are supposed to be what? Christ-like. To be a Christian, we're supposed to be Christ-like, being more like Christ in our lives. We're supposed to do, th- do, that, do those things that are pleasing in his sight. So he's, he's, he has called us to be one of his children. When we look at it, we can go back to, I know Brother Roger likes Romans chapter 8. I like Romans chapter 8. But he says, oops, wrong spot. Romans 8, let's read 29 and 30. And he says, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. 
Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, right? And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. The calling here is an effectual calling in the hearts of blood-bought children of God. And he's calling you to be one of his children. So again, we realize he's captured us. We're to be more Christ-like. We are always to strive to be more like Christ. When we look in a mirror, and I think this is Brother Isaac when he was here, and I'm sure somebody else has said it before, you know, but when we look into a mirror, who should we see? Jesus. That's what we should see when we look into a mirror. That's how much we should be mirroring Jesus Christ. You know, and it's, it's, it's not an, it's not an easy thing to do to mirror Jesus Christ. It's, it's a hard thing. That's why he's beseeching us and he's looking at these things. And if we look that, that calling wherewith we have been called, we're going to see that we look at this, this verse two, we're going to see what it's like to be Christ-like. It says, excuse me, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. Who does that sound like to me? That sounds like Jesus Christ. He's, he's telling us that we're, we're to be lowliness. We're supposed to have that lowliness of heart and to look at it and, and meekness. Jesus Christ was very meek. He didn't even want to accept the responsibility for healing some of these people. He was meek, meek and lowly in heart. That's how we're supposed to be. That's what he's saying. With we're called, we're supposed to have lowliness, meekness, with long suffering. When I when I look at long suffering, I realize how long suffering Jesus Christ is to us. We're disobedient children. We're, we are still sinners. I know we're sinners saved by the grace of God. But we're sinners. He's, he's, he's long-suffering with us. You know, Paul in, in Romans, I don't know exactly where it is, but he says, for the things that I would, I do not. For the things, and I'm, I know I'm paraphrasing, so bear with me. He says, you know, for the things that I know I shouldn't do, I do those things. So we can see even Paul admits, you know, that, you know, basically God and Jesus were long-suffering to him. And that's how we should be to it. I, I guess I could put it away. It's, it, long-suffering is we put up with people, I guess. And that when I look at Jesus, he puts up with us in spite of ourselves. I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say, but it's, and, but, but I think the one is forbearing, forbearing one another in love. You know, it wasn't that long ago that Leroy went through in first John, the, the one book there was all about love. We only love him because he first loved us and that God is love. And we see these things, forbearing one another in love. That's what we look at and we see. That's how we need to be. We love 
one another so much that we're going to be long-suffering and we're going to be forbearing one another in love. That means in Jesus Christ. That's what I said, more Christ-like. You know, we look in, in verse 3. I've got, a, I've got a, a star by that in there. Endeavoring, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. That means we are to attempting, we are attempting to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. See, we as a congregation, we should have that bond of peace inside this church. And we know that sometimes we might not agree 100% with everything that everybody says all the time, but we're forbearing. And because we have that peace, that peace of God, which passes all understanding and keeps our hearts and minds what? It says through, but I say in Christ Jesus. The unity of the Spirit. I, I, I'm, I'm going to go on to verse 4, but I want to stay in verse 3. It says, there is one body and one Spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. There's one body, the church of Jesus Christ. There is one body. There's only one person that is the head of the church. That's Jesus Christ. He's the great shepherd. I'm Brother Leroy is taught me this. We're under shepherds. We're under shepherds. I'm not a shepherd. Jesus Christ is, is the great shepherd. We're under shepherds. But I like this to say there is one body. I know we have the body, and so many times, Brother Leroy, you know this, when he talks about the body, he's talking about the congregation, the congregation of Jesus Christ. And when, when we look at this, we see, you know, we look at it and we can say there's only one body, there's one church, one congregation. You know, when we look at this, even so many religions are out into the world, so many of these religions are what? Man-made. Man-made. They're, they're not of Jesus Christ. They're man-made religions. I know that we call ourselves uh, primitive Baptists, which old-school original. I believe we can, we can trace our roots back to the beginning, back to the beginning of the church. There's not very many that can, that can claim that, I believe. So we are, we are there. We look at other things. They always change different things. There's one body. There's only one, there's one spirit. I wanted to bring that up. There's only one spirit, the Holy Spirit. And when we were talking earlier about uh, that they said, uh, who is this that is blaspheming? You know, when we look at, there's a lot of them when we're talking about uh, this slaying the Spirit. They're blaspheming against the name of the Holy Spirit. We need, we need to watch out. But there's only one Spirit. 
that Holy Spirit of God. He sent into the world to be what? Our comforter and our guide in this world in which we, we live. We gotta watch out. There's many religions out there, many things that are out there. I love listening to Moody, but there's some things that are on Moody that aren't good. We need to be able to differentiate between what? What's truth and what's error. Now, I did that on purpose, Brother Leroy. The truth is on the right hand. It's a right hand of God. Jesus Christ is the right hand of God. On the left hand are the goats and the others that are going to go into perdition. I did that on purpose. So we can see. We have to watch out for people that are out in the world today. There's one body. There's one spirit. Look what it goes on. Even as ye, I'm going to, I'm going to say, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. There's only one calling. And that's an effectual calling. You can read the scriptures. Anybody can read the scriptures. You understand? But the things that are spiritual, the natural man cannot receive. We have to understand. So you're only called in one hope of your calling. You can see, you can hear, you can read a general call of the scriptures. But there is only one effectual calling. And that's when that little small voice says unto you, Come unto me. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And I am going to give you rest in one hope. One hope of your calling. We have that hope. We have that hope that is in the world today. We need to do it. Of your calling. One Lord. One faith. One baptism. I think this goes along with the one body. There's only one Lord. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the light. He's the only way. He is truth, and he is the one that gives us life. He's the one that gives us spiritual life. As so many people confuse life with living and breathing. And we're living and breathing because of Jesus Christ, but he's the one that gives us spiritual life. Ephesians chapter 2 verse and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Just like I say, we have to we have to read and study out the scriptures and you hath he quickened. You, we know who that you is. And God is the one that gives us spiritual life. Jesus Christ is the one that gives us spiritual life. Quickened means to what? What does the word quickened mean? To be made alive. To be made alive. Quickened who were dead. That's what I mean. That's past tense. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. We're no longer dead in our trespasses and sins. It's amazing when we see these things. You know, there's one Lord... One Lord, it's Jesus Christ. He's the only begotten Son of God. We fully realize that there was only, there had to be one sacrifice for sins, and it had to be a perfect sacrifice for sins. And that was 
God sent His Son into the world. He was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. He couldn't have any sin in his life, because if he had sin in his life, he would not could not be that perfect sacrifice. But he was that perfect sacrifice. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of the Father. There's only one. The Scriptures say there is no other name given among men whereby what? We must be saved. There is no, it's the name of Jesus Christ. That's who it is. I'm glad that he put in here. See, this is why we, we think these words are just, God just said, okay, go ahead and write. He laid a burden upon men's hearts, didn't he, Brother Leroy? He laid, and he says, you know what? He said, there's one Lord. I'm glad he put that Lord. Everybody wants a Savior. You've heard me speak about this. Leroy has spoken about it. Roger has spoken about it. You know, everybody wants a Savior to save them from their sins. But there's not a whole lot that really want a Lord. For many are saved, but few are chosen. Few are chosen. So we've got one Lord, Jesus Christ who died for our sins. One Lord, one faith, one faith. So if we look at it, we have one Lord, and without that Lord, we don't have faith. But we have one faith. So we've got one Lord, we got one faith. And who is that faith in? Our Lord, Jesus Christ. There's only one faith. Just like, I, I guess we can go on, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. He's, he's our faith. Without, what does it say in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, 7? For without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that believe in him. Without faith. So if you don't have faith, and what do you need? It's not how much faith we have, but who do we have faith in? One, one Lord, one Lord, one faith, faith. So we look at this. We have to have faith in him. If you don't have faith in him, it's impossible to please him. Now, I, I don't go, I don't go, I don't know if I've ever even read any other version of the Bible, Brother Leroy. I'm thankful for that. So I, I don't know. You know, when it says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. I would venture to say there's a lot of versions of the Bible that either don't have that word impossible, or they've changed it into some other word and whatever. Because we have to have that faith to please him. One Lord, one faith. When we have that one Lord of our lives, and we have that faith, there's only one baptism. There's only one baptism. If we have that faith in Jesus Christ, if we have that one Lord in our lives, there's only one way to be baptized. One. And that's by immersion. We got to, we have to understand this as we go along and we look at this. One baptism. 
there's so many people that they don't believe in a, I guess that's a pun on words, I guess, believe in a believer's baptism. Okay, to, to have a believer's baptism, you have to believe the things that are in the scripture. So when we look at this, how, how can a, a baby be baptized? Now, when I was born, after so many days, weeks, or whatever, my parents took me. I was a Lutheran. My parents took me. I went inside there, and they sprinkled some water on my head. Now, when I came to believe the doctrines of grace and what it all is and baptism, believers' baptism, that infant baptism that I had was no good. No good at all. I had to come forth again and be baptized. And be baptized. Because when I was that infant, when Brother Leroy and Brother Roger baptized me, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Now, a baby cannot answer that question. His parents might be able to answer for him, but how could that little child believe? Now, my mom and dad back then probably didn't, didn't know that I would believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. But even though I received that infant baptism, I was one of his children because my name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life when? Before the foundation of the world. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. So we have to understand as we look at this and we see all these ones. One is what, Brother Leroy? The perfect number. A perfect number. And that's why we only have one. There's one body. One spirit, one calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. So it goes on into verse 6 and it says, One God and Father of all. Of all. So we have to fully understand that he is the Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. One God and Father. We're talking about God. He's the one that spoke this world into existence. It's not evolution or anything like that. Any other theories that they might have. We know this is what exactly happened. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's what starts out the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You have a lot of scientists that will sit there and they won't say creationism. They'll say, well, the world shows that there was an intelligent design. And ain't nobody more intelligent than God Almighty. And he designed everything just the way it has come to be and what has happened throughout time. God is in control. One God. He's a God. It, in the Old Testament it says, I am God and there is none else. There's no other. There be, there be a lot of little g gods that are in the world today. 
but there's only one big G God. He's God, and He's the Father of all of us. He's our Father. He's our Heavenly Father. He's up there. And as a Heavenly Father, you know what? He, he cares about us. He cares about us. He watches over us, and He protects us. That's what a good Father does, doesn't it? He watches over you, takes care of you. When you fall down, He picks you up. Sometimes we get caught in that miry clay, but He gets out of that miry clay, puts us on the true path. Because He's there for us all the time. What a Father. What a Father to just be there, thick and thin, no matter what. You know, I, I, I think I read that one thing the one time that, you know what? When we go to, we go to God, you know, He's there. He answers us every time. He answers our prayers. He's there watching over us. What a, what a, what a father. I mean, we thought our, our earthly fathers were, were good to us, took care of us. Sometimes when we misstep, put us on the right path, well, that's what our heavenly father does. You know, sometimes we, we take some missteps. And as a, our earthly father chastised us or corrected us, our heavenly father corrects us also all the time. So do we thank him. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for being there for me all this time and everything. Yeah, when I was going through the time when my leg was bad and I said, you know, God's enough, but you know what? I thank him now each and every day. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So we have one God and one Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. So we can see he's above all. He's above. He's in the heavens right now. He's looking down on us. And sometimes he's saying, yeah, that's good. And sometimes, you know what? He's shaking his head and, oh boy, I can't believe them. You know, sometimes we do. In Ephesians it says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Sometimes we do grieve the Holy Spirit of God. We're not perfect. We have to understand it. We're not perfect. Not at all. We're going to grieve God. We're going to grieve Jesus Christ. We're going to grieve the Holy Spirit. We don't mean to do it. We don't set out to do that, but sometimes we do it. As Brother Leroy so aptly has taught me, there are sins of omission and sins of commission. So we have to, we have to constantly be on the lookout because what? Our adversary, the devil, is as a roaring lion going about seeking what? Whom he may devour. So we have to be what? Sober. Be sober. Be vigilant. Be spiritually alert. Be vigilant. Be spiritually alert. Be vigilant. That means to be constantly watching. You just don't know. You don't know. He's above all, and he's through all, and he's in you all. I think those last two go together. He's through all, and he's in you all. He's in us. He is in us. If you're a Christian, you know what? 
and you're walking worthy the vocation wherewith we have been called. You know, we're looking at this and we realize that God is within us. He's that conscience that we have in our head that tells us that's okay, that's not okay. Aren't we glad we have somebody that can, that is talking to us? Talking to us. And you know what? God does talk to us. It might be through the reading of the word. It might through the preaching of the word. Sometimes I believe that God does physically talk to us sometimes. He's in us all. He's through us. He's a part of us. Now I remember what I was going to say, brother. <laughs> you know what? We, we can't take, we can't take God out of us. You know, He's part of us. Jesus Christ is a part of us. The Holy Spirit is the part of us, part of us. The Trinity is part of us. We can't take it out. If you take it away from you, then you're no longer part of the vocation wherewith you have been called. But we are part of the vocation. And we're walking worthy of that vocation. That means that we're, we are together with Him. You can't separate us. You can't separate us. That's what we gotta understand. He's always going to be a part of us. We're, we're a sinner saved by the grace of God, and we're always going to sin until we go to be with Him. Because what? Earth is not our home. Earth is not our home. Heaven is our home. And that's where we're going to be as a child of God. That's where you're going to be. And Revelation said, the books are open, another book was opened. And those whose names were not found written in the Lamb's book of life, were cast into the lake of fire. So if your name is found in the Lamb's book of life, where you're going, you're going to immortal glory and be with Him for the rest of your life. Everlasting. Eternity. For eternity. We realize that eternity, it pretty much means what, Brother Louis? There's no end. We're going to ever be with the Lord. I think that's in the scripture. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Ever be. That's eternity. That means when that second coming comes around, and I, I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm not worried about it, but I, I, but I, but I'm waiting for that day. Patiently waiting. The Bible says we should patiently be waiting for that. And we're going to be with Him. Through all and in you all. I'm going to just read verse 7. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. When it says in chapter 2, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is what? It is of the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Every, every one of us, Every one of us is given grace. Grace. We get that measure of grace. According to the measure of the gift, it's the free gift of God. I'm gonna, I'm gonna close with that. It's that free gift of God. The only, the only way that we can be saved is 
For by grace are ye saved through faith. We talked about faith. Faith. Faith in Jesus Christ. That's what we have to have. Think about that in this week ahead. Faith in Jesus Christ. What does that mean to you? What does that mean to you? Having faith in Jesus Christ. That means that no matter what, we trust in him. Every single day of our lives. From the moment we wake up to the time when we lay down our head to sleep. That we have faith in him each and every day. I thank you for your kind attention today.